0: this morning. Father, that's why we're here, just to praise you, to adore you, to remind ourselves of how good and gracious and compassionate you are, that you would look upon each one in this room through the eyes of your Son, Jesus, that you'd be willing to lay out life again, that you'd be willing to pour out blood again, that you'd be willing to give up everything so that we could be forgiven, so that we could be renewed, and that our lives could reach a new place, that we could be lifted up, our lives could be elevated, that we could walk in the footsteps of the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Father, we come to you today, and we thank you, and we praise you, and we glorify you, and we humbly ask. Do what you will this day with our minds and our hearts and our lives, that they might be completely yours. We ask it through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Would you go and have a seat this morning? As uh, called by name takes the seat, and uh, we turn to the Word here. Well, we're uh, in a series uh, called Did Jesus uh, Have to Say? And remember what we're doing is uh, we are looking at some... Um, uh, verses uh, some sayings of jesus that you know you just kind of wish on one hand it's like oh, man you know did did he have to say that and the title today is uh, you need to break the log jam and uh, it's it's going to be one of those verses that's just not going to surprise you right uh, and uh, let's just get to it it comes out of matthew 7 1 and uh it's where jesus says judge not lest ye be judged familiar with the verse yeah, Don't, man, did he have to say that? I mean, you know, I, I mean, for us, it's difficult that he said that. Why? Well, because the world knows this verse. Have you ever noticed how the world is really good at at remembering certain verses in the Bible, right? And, and this is one of them. And so you step in and and you try to help a brother out or a sister out and show them something. And, they, and and what do they come back and say? Uh, 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 uh. Judge not, lest you be judged. Amen? They know this verse. Darn it. They, why do you have to say this? They know this verse. You know what it does? It leads to things like this, you see. It leads to an attitude out in the world that says, well, who are we to say something? someone else is doing something sinful? I mean, none of us really has the right to question someone else's moral choices It's a personal decision. Why? (laughs) Judge not, lest you be judged. I mean, see what it does? It creates this cultural kind of permissiveness that says, somehow we are supposed to be impotent when it comes to talking into the lives of others. Because all they have to do is just whip this verse out and lay it on the table and right away we're supposed to step back and say, "Ah, eh, got me. In that sense, don't you wish Jesus had never said that? Here's the problem. The problem for us is that culture has a way of taking Scripture and using it for its own purposes, which are not the purposes for which Scripture itself and the words themselves for were originally spoken. The culture has a way of taking Bible verses and, and, uh, and using them for their own purposes and not for the original purposes uh, they, they were spoken. You know, like that, that good old Bible verse, uh, God helps those who help themselves. Heard that one before? Culture's really good at that one, isn't it? Only one problem.
1: It's not in the Bible.
0: But that's what culture does, right? And so culture takes this verse. So this morning, what do we got to do? What we got to do is let's look at it. Let's look at this verse. Let's figure out now, what is Jesus really trying to say to us as Christ followers? What is he really trying to say to us about this arena of judgment? Does it, does it really mean that we can't make judgments? Let's look at it. Verse 7, or uh, verse 1 of uh, chapter 7 of Matthew, it's in the Sermon on the Mount experience. Uh, Here's one translation that says, Don't condemn others, and God won't condemn you. God will be as hard on you as you are on others. He will treat you exactly as you treat them. Now, did you notice a shift in the terrain now that we're looking at the whole verse? I mean, there's a movement there, isn't it? I mean, when the the culture throws it in our face and says, No, listen, you can't judge. Judge not, lest you be judged. Now, wait a minute. Is that really what the verse says? I mean, actually, isn't it true? Notice that in this particular translation, in that first part, notice that little comma there. Don't condemn others and God won't condemn you. What's happening? There, there's an association taking place, right? The association is now about, well, wait a minute. How are you judging others? Because how, how you judge others is going to come back on you. You see, there's an association taking place about not doing judgment, but how you exercise judgment. This is a theme throughout Scripture. We can see it in Luke 6, where Jesus does the same thing. He uses the same kind of verse, the same kind of teaching. He says, do not judge, you'll not be judged. Do not condemn, you'll not be condemned. Forgive, and you will be forgiven. Do you see some associations taking place? I mean, it's it's the association of, now, now listen, how are you doing those things? Because how you do those things is relative to how you understand what you've already received. How, how you exercise forgiveness is relative to how you've already understood receiving forgiveness. If we look at uh, Matthew 6, we know this to be true. We, we have it in the Lord's Prayer. I mean, we pray this every week here at Christ Church, right? We, we say this phrase every week forgive our sins just as just as we also have forgiven those who sin against us what's the relationship father forgive us because we know we need to be out there doing what forgiving others you see there's a there's a relationship here between between the reality of how you have received the forgiveness and how you exercise forgiveness And so he can say, forgive people when they sin against you. If you do, your Father who is in heaven will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive people their sins, your Father will not forgive your sins. You see the relationship? Yeah, it's talking about forgiveness being necessary in in our life, but we exercise forgiveness. Why? Because we've already received it, and so we exercise it. So let's look at Matthew 7 again and look at the amplified translation of that. Keep in mind what we just looked at, in the balance of Scripture now, and and look at and hear it again. Okay, you ready? Do not judge and criticize and condemn others, so that you may not be judged and criticized and condemned yourselves. For just as you judge and criticize and condemn others, you'll be judged and criticized and condemned, in accordance with the measure you used, used to deal out to others, It will be dealt out again to you. Did you hear it differently this time? I hope so. Because what what the Scripture is talking about here is not the question, should we judge or shouldn't we judge? What he's talking about here is how do we judge? How do we exercise judgment into the lives of other people? The question for us is not do we judge, don't we judge? The question for us is: As you're making judgments, how does this how does this exercise of judgment how does this impact and flow into the lives of other people? Jesus kind of captures that in Matthew 22 when he summarizes the commandments. Right? We know this from scripture. We know this probably by heart. You know, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. First greatest commandment. But what's the second one? And the second's like that. What? Love your neighbor. How? as your do you see the relationship see what's going on here you see you got absolutely love your neighbor but how that's the question the question isn't will you love or won't you love the question is how are you supposed to do that you see and it's the same principle when we get into this arena of judging you see what's happening in Jesus's day is that judgment is taking place the Pharisees the Sadducees the religious leaders they are exercising judgment the question is, how are they doing it? And remember, we start this series in the context of Matthew 5, Jesus doing the Sermon on the Mount, and he says, as he begins the whole Sermon on the Mount, For I tell you, unless your righteousness, your uprightness, and your right standing with God is more than that of the scribes and the Pharisees, you'll never enter the kingdom of heaven. So obviously, the Pharisees weren't doing it right. Correct? Correct. Obviously, there's something wrong with uh, the Pharisees are exercising judgment. Let's look at an example in Luke 7 of a Pharisee exercising judgment. Okay? This is Simon. Jesus goes to Simon's house. And while he's sitting at uh, a table, uh, something amazing happens. Okay, It says, And behold, a woman of the town who was an especially wicked sinner, when she learned that he was reclining at table, Jesus reclining at table in the Pharisee's house, brought an alabaster flask of ointment, perfume. And standing behind him at his feet, weeping, she began to wet his feet with her tears, and she wiped them with the hair of her head and kissed his feet affectionately and anointed them with the ointment perfume. Now, when the Pharisee who had invited Jesus, when they saw it, he said to himself, if this man were a prophet, he would surely know who and what sort of woman this is who is touching him. For she is a notorious sinner, outcast, social outcast, and devoted to sin. Is Simon the Pharisee making judgments? Yes, absolutely. In fact, he's making two specific judgments for sure, right? Number one is he's judging Jesus, isn't he? What kind of prophet is this guy? What kind of prophet is this guy that he lets a woman like that come into my house and do that? He's making a judgment about whether Jesus really is or isn't a prophet, right? And he is making a judgment about the woman. What is his judgment about the woman? He judges that this woman is a notorious sinner. Is he right? Yes, he is. The text already told us that. He's right in that judgment, right? I mean, look look up earlier up there. Where is it? Uh, a, a woman of the town who was what? An especially wicked sinner. What is she? Well, she is an especially wicked sinner. He's right. That, that's exactly who, who she is. He's not making a mistake in his judgment. Where's the mistake? The mistake is how he applies his judgment. He looks at the woman and he looks at her as absolutely unworthy and worthless. She has no business being in his house. She has no business being around Jesus. She has no business pouring out her tears and pouring out this perfume. He looks at the woman and judges her as not only a sinner, but as worthless. What's the problem with the Pharisee's judgment? Well, the problem isn't that he recognized the woman to be the sinner. The problem is how he applied the judgment, how he exercised judgment. He exercised judgment in a way that made that woman worthless. If you look at Luke uh, 7, Jesus finishes out talking to Simon, and he goes through a little thing about, hey, Simon, I came to your house, and and, you know, you didn't give me perfume and you didn't let me wash my feet, but look what this woman did. And he says, therefore, I tell you, her sins, many as they are, is Jesus recognizing a judgment she's a sinner? Same judgment, right? Same judgment as Simon. Her sins, many as they are, they are forgiven her because she has loved much. But he who is forgiven little loves little. What's the problem? Simon doesn't understand how much He has been loved and forgiven in this prophet who is sitting in his house and he exercises it little. Do you get the relationship? See, the challenge for us is not whether we should or shouldn't exercise judgment. The challenge for us is how do we exercise judgment? How do we exercise judgment? And and so often it's tempting for us to, to exercise judgment in the wrong way. And one of the reasons we exercise in the wrong way is because of this. Because we, we just don't always understand completely the whole story of what's going on in other people's lives. That we jump to conclusions. And so we exercise judgment and we deem them unworthy. Because we don't know the, the whole picture of what's going on. If you look at First Samuel 16, God gives Samuel kind of a warning about jumping to that conclusion, right? Samuel's out looking for a new king. He's looking at all the boys, looking for David. And it says, But the Lord said to Samuel, Look not on his appearance or at the height of his stature, for I have rejected him. For the Lord sees not as man sees. For man looks at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks where? Does the Lord have a better perspective than you do about how worthy or unworthy somebody else is? Absolutely. Right? You see, we're going to make judgments. The, the difficulty for us is we're not here to make sentences. Right? We're, we're, we're here to make judgments. But we're not here to exercise and execute sentences in people's lives. Because because we don't know the whole... That's not our role. We don't know the story. We can't see into people's lives. That's just not what we're about. No, we're about making sure that we understand... As God has loved us, as God has exercised that grace of judgment into our life, we exercise it in other people's lives. This is what uh, Paul would get to in 1 Corinthians 4. He says, listen, I'm not conscious of anything against myself, and, and I feel blameless, but I'm not vindicated and acquitted before God on that account. It is the Lord himself who examines and judges me. What is Paul doing? He looks at himself and he says what? I think I'm okay. I think I'm doing good. I mean, I'm, I'm trying to be faithful. I think I'm, I'm doing what God wants me to do. But you know what? That, that's not up to me to judge. That, that's just not up to me. That, that's God's role. And, and so He can go on. So do not make any hasty or premature judgments before the time of the Lord comes again. For he will both bring to light the secret things that are now hidden in darkness and disclose and expose the secret aims, motives, and purposes of hearts. Then every man will receive his due commendation from God. See, we make judgments, but we got to be careful we don't rush to exercise those judgments in inappropriate ways because we just can't see their hearts. We just don't know the whole story. Simon rushed to judgment, didn't he? He rushed to judgment on this woman. If you finish out what Jesus is saying in Matthew 7, he, he gives us that same teaching, but he gives it to us with a carpenter's illustration. Remember, Jesus was a carpenter, right? Got guy that worked with wood. So here's his carpenter illustration of the same principle. He says, Why do you stare from without at the very small particle that's in your brother's eye, but do not become aware of and consider the beam of timber that's in your own eye? Or how can you say to your brother, let me get the tiny particle out of your eye when there's a beam of timber in your own eye? You hypocrite, first get the beam of timber out of your own eye, and then you will see clearly to take the tiny particle out of your brother's eye. So where do we start in judgment? We start with ourselves. We start with ourselves. We start with awareness that understands, listen, I don't deserve God's grace. I don't deserve God's uh, love for me. I don't don't deserve everything that Jesus accomplished on the cross for me. I just need to receive it. I just need to relish in, in God looking at me, not with a judgment, but looking at me in grace, compassion, and kindness. You see, that's what's missing from Simon's judgment. What's missing is grace, compassion, hope. He's missing looking at this woman and seeing what her life can become because of this prophet Jesus. He's missing looking at this woman and seeing how her life can get turned around to become something better. He's missing compassion, kindness, hope and the possibility of God working in life. See, that's the challenge. The challenge for us is not to make judgment or not make judgment. The challenge is to exercise judgment in the same way that God exercised it in our life. Get the limb, get the plank. Make sure we remember the plank that can be in our own eye. If you get look at an example of, of how that is in the Scripture and how that warning comes in the Scripture and, and where we can get if we're not careful... Uh, You can look at the story Jesus told, and, and look, he says, Jesus told this story to some people who were sure they were right with God, and they looked down on everybody else. Would you say these people had a plank in their eye? That's what he's talking about, right? This is the example. This is what he's talking about. He said to them, two men went up to the temple to pray. One was a Pharisee, the other was a tax collector. The Pharisee stood up, prayed about himself. God, man, I thank you that I'm not like other people, he said. I'm not like robbers or those who do evil things. I'm not like those who commit adultery. I'm not even like that tax collector over there. I fast twice a week and I give a tenth of all I get. Is this guy impressed with himself? Totally, right? He's totally impressed with himself. What is he forgetting? He's forgetting that he's just as much a sinner. Isn't he? He's forgetting the grace, the love, the compassion, the kindness, the forgiveness that God has already exercised in Jesus Christ. So what's the outcome? In the story, Jesus says there was also this tax collector that stood not not very far away, and he wouldn't even look up to heaven. He he beat his chest and said, God, have mercy on me. I, I, I get it. I'm a sinner. I tell you, the tax collector went home accepted by God, but not The Pharisee. What's the problem? The problem isn't that we exercise judgment. The problem is how you exercise it. If if you exercise judgment with with arrogance and with attitude, with with a sense of superiority, like, wow, I'm fantastic and I'm living life the way it's supposed to be and everybody else is is wrong, what do you expect the world to say? You know what they're going to (laughs) say? Judge not, lest you be judged. See, the question isn't judgment. The question is, do you understand how forgiven you are? Do you understand how loved you are in Christ? Do you understand everything that Jesus Christ gave up so that your life can be new and different? Do you understand that because He's done all that for you, you have absolutely, utterly no choice but to judge with kindness, compassion, compassion, Forgiveness and hope. Let's look again at Matthew 7. Because the easy thing for us, in terms of the way the world speaks to us, the easy thing for us would be to say, well, you know, look, if the world's going to keep throwing that in our face, then let's just stop the whole judgment thing. Let, let's just not even do the whole judgment thing. The problem is, look again at Matthew 7. It says, you hypocrite, first get the beam of timber out of your own eye And then you'll see clearly to take the tiny particle out of your brother's eye. What is the goal? Get the particle out of the brother's eye, right? That's the goal. The goal is to make the judgment that's going to be in in the best interest of the brother or sister. The goal is to enter into their life, to make their life more, richer, fuller, better so they can experience the fullness of the grace, compassion, kindness, and love of God to get their life elevated. I mean, let me ask you this. Parents, your child comes to you and says, Oh, Mommy, Daddy, I got a sliver in my finger. It really hurts. Can you take it out? And you say what? No, sorry, honey. I don't want to cause any pain. It's just going to have to stay there. You're just stuck with it. Of course not. What do we do? Because we want more for them. Because we want them to be in a better place. Because we want them the fullness of life. We get in there and we dig around as gently and kindly as we can. And we get the sliver out. Amen? That's what we do. It's not about do we judge, don't we judge. It's how do you exercise judgment? How do you exercise that judgment that wants to lift somebody else up, that wants to encourage somebody else to a better life, wants them to help see how they're going in a path that is destructive and that there's a better way to live. Galatians 6, Paul says it this way. Brethren, if any person is overtaken in misconduct or sin or any sort, you who are spiritual, who are responsive to it and controlled by the Spirit, should set him right and restore and reinstate him. That's judgment. Without a sense of superiority and with all gentleness, keep Keeping an attentive eye on yourself, lest you should be tempted also. Does that not incorporate everything that Jesus was talking about in Matthew 7? That's the key. See, the key for us is not whether we make judgments or don't make judgments. The key for us is how do you exercise judgment in other people's lives. i tell you what. Why don't you watch watch the screens for a minute. Watch this video and, and see if this can kind of bring this whole thing... Uh, into some kind of uh, summary for you, okay? Uh, Watch the screens.
1: The old saying goes, don't judge a book by its cover. And it's true. Don't look at that person who ends up next to you and say, that person is way too different from me. I could not invite him to my church. I can't have my friends see me bringing this guy in. We need to see others as Christ sees them, with a holy compassion for the lost. You know what? We all need God, no matter what the person looks like, or how different they are from you. As Christians, we are responsible to reach out to those around us. Their eternity depends on it. We need to stop worrying about the opinions of others. We need to open our eyes new opportunities are put in front of us every single day to come out of our comfort zone, open our mouths, and speak these simple words.
0: Hey, man, if you're not doing anything this weekend, uh, check this out. We're doing something cool at our church. Did I get you? Sitting there in your nice little brown jacket reading the book. Huh? You get it? You get it? I mean, we're we're gonna we're gonna make judgments. Okay? We're gonna make judgments. We've got to make judgments, right? If if you look at Matthew seven, right, same chapter, right after this section about, you know, how we judge, right? Do not give that which is holy, the sacred things to the dogs. Do not throw your pearls before hogs, lest they trample upon them with their feet and turn and tear you into pieces. What's the deal? Well, you know what? In that text, you've got to figure out and make a judgment who's a dog and who's a hog. Right? You're gonna make a judgment. Who's a dog, who's a hog? The key is once you figure out who's a dog and who's a hog, don't hit him with a two by four. Don't hit him with a two by four. Look at your own life and recognize your own weakness and your own need for grace, compassion, kindness, hope, forgiveness. And walk into their life with the same thing. Walk into their life. John 7 says, Be honest in your judgment. Do not decide at a glance superficially or by appearances, but judge fairly and righteously. We will judge. we got to judge. The question is, how do you exercise that judgment in the same way that God has exercised it in your life by sending Jesus Christ to give up everything so that your life can be new, with kindness, compassion, hope, and the dream and the opportunity that your brother, once that speck is out, can have an incredible life in Christ. Let's pray. Father, we come to you today, and uh, that's what we want, Lord. We want to we not be judgmental people, have an attitude of superiority and, and an attitude that pushes people away. But, but we want to be a people who understand how good you are, how gracious you are, how much you've poured that into our own lives so that we can just gently and kindly enter into other people's lives because we care about them. Because we know you care about them. We know you've got so much more in store for them. And Lord, that means we got to make judgments. But we make those judgments seeking the best. Make those judgments in hope for what they can become if they just see and understand your forgiveness, and your grace. So Lord, we we just ask today that you'd put us in the right place, put our minds and our spirits in the right place, keep that log out of our eyes, and keep us focused on being your people who strengthen and encourage others. We pray it in Jesus' name. Amen.